Okay. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak on the meeting tonight. My name is Dee, and I am recovering from obesity and compulsive eating. I uh, wanted to just start out tonight by sharing that uh, I celebrated 31 years of continuous abstinence and maintenance of 100 pound weight release last uh, April. So I had my 31 years, yes. Um, and in some ways, 31 years seems like a long time. It seems like a, it's difficult to, to share the, that length of recovery in a 20 to 25 minute time frame. Um, but I, I think that I will like to maybe stay with some themes as I, as I share. The themes that I, I'd like to share on tonight are um, surrender, hope, and service. Um, because those are the three things that I believe have been the, the three principles that have really carried me through 31 years in, in OA. So um, I started my, my OA program in San Jose, California. Um, currently, I live in Tempe, Arizona, but I'll share a little bit about my journey uh, through, through the various places that I've lived since I've been in the program. Um, I went to my very first OA meeting probably somewhere in the early 1980s. I don't really have a specific date for that. Um, it, I was invited to come to a meeting by a friend of mine who had heard about this meeting um, because she, she said that she thought she had a program, or I'm sorry, she thought she had a problem with eating too much candy. And she, she said, would you like to go to this meeting with me? So at that time, I was uh, four, uh, well, I still am four foot 10 inches tall. <laughs> um, but at that time, I weighed 200, in excess of 210 pounds. Um, and I had struggled with my eating and my weight um, since childhood. I, I, I know when I look back at the pictures, uh, I can see that I started putting on weight when I was around nine years old. I think my compulsive eating started before that though, because my earliest recollection of um, sneaking and eating food, sneaking, sneaking, stealing food and eating it in, the, in my bedroom closet was when I was about five years old. That's, that was my earliest recollection. So I know that I was already exhibiting signs of that. There was turmoil in my family. My parents had a very stormy marriage and they eventually divorced when I was 11. Um, and I, when I did my first fourth step, I knew that you know I basically uncovered all of the, the whys of why I began eating compulsively. I was just a very emotional child who did not know how to express my emotions and feelings and was actually never asked how I was feeling and what was going on with me. And, and so I started to use food as a way to comfort myself. And that uh, use of food basically then just ended up being a, a lifelong habit. Um, and, and to the point where I didn't really know why I ate the way that I ate, because I had done it all my life since, since childhood. And it, it, was, it was not something that I was 
really understanding of. I mean, I was fully aware that I was overweight and I was fully aware that I was not, that this, you know, I didn't eat like other people. Um, and I was in a lot of pain about that, but I just didn't understand it. I, I didn't know any other way. So when I, when I uh, was invited to go to the OA meeting in the early 1980s, and I was probably in my early 20s then, um, I went because I was curious, I guess. Um, I didn't think my friend had a problem with food. She was really, really small. I think she was like a size four. And I actually never really saw her eat. So it was, I was a little baffled <laughs> by, by her reason for wanting to go. But I now know that she invited me to go to the meeting because my higher power needed me to go to that meeting and was draw, driving me there. So when I got to that OA meeting, that first one, the, uh, at first it seemed really strange to me that everyone was clapping and and saying hello to everyone. And, um, and then when the speaker started sharing, she shared a story that was very similar to mine. And I just started crying. I just remember I was crying, like really almost uncontrollably crying because I think it was the very first time I had ever actually felt the real pain and the and the enormity of my situation and my life as it was up until that point, that I felt embarrassed, I felt shame, I felt uh, unworthy. Uh, I, I, there were so many negative, low consciousness feelings that I felt about myself because I was so overweight. Um, when I look back, at uh, what I looked like back then. And uh, let me share my picture because I think this would be a good time to share it. Um, this is what I, what I looked like uh, at the time that I came in to my first OA meeting. Um, so I weighed in excess of 210 pounds and I don't remember, uh, well, I, I can't say that that was my top weight because I probably gained more weight after that picture was taken and I just didn't weigh myself. So I don't really know what my real top weight was, but I, so I just have to go with that. But that was bad enough um, to me because um, later when I learned about, you know, body mass index and classes of obesity and all of those types of things, I, I discovered that um, I, my body mass index was 43 and I was in the severe obesity category. And, and, and so I, you know, I know that uh, the obesity was a manifestation of a lot of the things that I, that were voids in my life. I didn't know how to relate to people. I didn't know how to express my feelings. And so I ate instead. And that was, like I said, that was my primary uh, coping mechanism. And it was also my primary source of happiness. Um, I didn't really even know how to be happy unless there was food involved. Um, I always say that I was a, uh, I was an equivalent to a gutter alcoholic when it came to food and eating. Um, I would eat 
anything that was around. Um, and a lot of times I didn't even care what it was and I didn't care what it was doing to me. Uh, I just, I, I was very disconnected from myself. So it was easy to overeat and compulsively overeat and steal, uh, steal food, steal money to buy food, um, you know, do a lot of dishonest behavior that was related to my food and eating. And um, so at that first OA meeting, I identified, identified with what that speaker was saying. And it, because it was so honest and real and raw, I started feeling emotions and I cried. Um, unfortunately, I guess I would have to say that I, I went to another meeting after that first meeting, but I didn't stay. But uh, like I didn't stay consistently, but I did come to OA meetings sporadically probably over the next eight years um, until I got to April of 1992. Um, and over those, sporad those sporadic attendance at OA meetings, I believe that every time that I went, some more seeds were planted until I became ready. There was a lot of hitting bottom and a lot of crying and a lot of dieting in between, losing weight, gaining it back, gaining more back. You know, they always say you, you lose your pounds and then they come back and bring their friends. So uh, that happened to me quite often. Um, and I did all sorts of stupid diets, like things I made up myself. And, you know, I mean, it was just nothing was healthy and nothing was, was really anything sustainable. And that's why I kept coming back to OA. Um, in, on April 3rd of 1992, I had hit a real major bottom with my, with my life, with my weight, with my food. Um, and I really thought I was gonna die. Uh, I, I, I even, you know, I had a thing happen in my life where uh, I heard this voice and it was saying to me, change your life or you're going to die. And it was so scary to me that um, it prompted me to bring myself back to OA. And when I got to the meeting that day that I went to, that was the day that I, I made the commitment. Uh, I don't know if I was really consciously making the commitment to myself, but I know that I made a commitment to, uh, to something that I was going to change. I really was going to change. And I remember sitting in that meeting, I got up and shared, I cried, I, and I said, I'm, my name is Dee, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I've known it for a long time. I just don't know what to do about it, and I need help. And when I went and sat back down uh, in my chair after that, uh, the woman that was sitting next to me reached out her hand and held my hand, and she held my hand the whole, entire rest of the meeting. Um, and and at, at when that meeting was over, I had hope. Now, I had done two things in that meeting that became the basically, you know, the themes, like I said, I one, I surrendered. I realized in that meeting that I need to surrender my willful behavior with food. I need to surrender all of my um, crazy thinking about weight loss and diets. I need to surrender the way that I think about food. I, you know, there were so many things that I needed to surrender. 
And then I had the hope because someone held my hand and let me know that I was cared about and that I was welcome there. Um, and even though I don't believe that I even knew who that person was, and I don't know if I even connected with that person again uh, after that, but all I know is that it was enough to change me. And I kept coming back. And then I went to a meeting the next day and the next day and the next day. And the next thing I knew, I had 30 days of abstinence. Um, my abstinence evolved. It, it, it was something that I took direction from other people in the program and then eventually um, created a plan of eating that worked for me. Um, I am a person who, in the beginning of my abstinence, I uh, weighed and measured everything. Uh, I gave up eating white flour and white sugar. Um, and those, uh, the white flour and sugar have not returned. Um, I don't necessarily have to weigh and measure everything anymore, but I still do it sometimes just because it helps me to feel surrendered. And uh, I, and I, uh, for those, for those people who know me today, they, they, I have a little nickname. It's, it's processed free D. And um, basically what that means is I don't eat any processed foods. Um, so everything is whole, real, and uh, healthy uh, for me. Um, and, uh, and that works for me. Uh, and it has worked for me. It allowed me to, uh, by the end of the first year of abstaining, uh, I had released 100 pounds. It was about, about 13 months um, later. And, um, and at, at that time, I had, I achieved two goals that I never thought I would. One was that uh, I, I released the weight and I was actually a normal weight for my height, uh, which I had never been in my adult life. And the second, the second goal was that I graduated from college, which was another, that's a whole other story for another time. But uh, it, it took me seven years to get a four-year degree because of my disease. Um, and, uh, but I finally graduated uh, at the same time that I, I reached my goal weight and my one year of abstinence. So it was, it was a time to feel quite free. You know, they say we, we are happy, joyous, and free in this program. And I certainly felt happy, joyous, and free at that time and have continued to feel happy, joyous, and free as I have continued on in my recovery. Once the weight came off, it was still, there was still more to do on the inside. Um, the, out, the outside part, the physical part to me always felt like it was the, it was just happening as a result of the program that I was working. In, in OA, they say that we, um, we have to get honest with ourselves and others uh, about our lives uh, and about our thinking. And so I realized that I could no longer be secretive and I could no longer steal things. You know, I mean, I worked at a job where it was easy to take home things like pencils and pens and laboratory glassware and things like that. And and I, I used to never think anything of doing that. I would just kind of take stuff all the time. And, and that was one thing that, that changed for me was that I started understanding that honesty pervades everywhere. Um, and it doesn't, it's not only just about what I eat, but it's about everything in my life. 
And then I started to realize that I don't need to do that anymore. So suddenly the need for external things to make me feel better was gone. Um, I started to develop a spiritual life that I had actually never known before. Um, and that part of that spiritual life came from doing service. I did my first service on my third meeting, um, third meeting uh, after surrendering. So on April 5th, as well. thank you. On April 5th of 1992 was when I, I volunteered to do service. And the service I volunteered to do was to carry the literature for the meeting. And, um, and that service really helped me because at that time I was kind of a, you know, uh, a financially strapped college student and I didn't have a lot of extra funds to buy books. So, but I was carrying the books for the meeting. So I had access to them all the time. And so I made use of that access and I read everything I could get my eyes on um, that had to do with recovery in the program. And um, I became in intimately familiar with the big book. Uh, at that time we had, we were using the big book and the AA 12 and 12, and we had the OA 12 step book, but we had, we did not yet have our own 12 and 12. Um, so I, but I, I have my original OA 12 step book that's all highlighted and marked up and everything. And I, uh, you know, there's something about, about that, that um, is very, um, very important to me and reminds me of the, the early days of my recovery and the way that I delved into the program, I always share that I put my whole self in. And for me, that's what it took. I had to put my whole self in. I completely transformed my whole life. Uh, and I don't, uh, for those who are new, I don't want to make it sound like it was poof, like uh, I was compulsively eating one day and all of a sudden I'm, you know, happy, joyous and free the next. No, it was a gradual process of working on myself. Uh, some days were extremely hard and painful because I was starting to realize just how much of a toll the, the disease of compulsive overeating had taken on my spirit and on, on my personality and everything. And then, you know, other days I could see my recovery blooming and 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 uh, increasing and 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 then it you know and then it was beautiful you know so it was always a process of an ebb and flow uh, over thirty years you know things have changed obviously but a lot has stayed the same because it has to um, what has stayed the same is that I I am still committed to following a food plan that works for me. Um, I am still committed to daily uh, meditation and exercise for my, for my body and my mind and my soul. Uh, I still have a sponsor. I still go to meetings um, and I enjoy it. Like, you know, sometimes people say, wow, you've been going to those meetings for a long time. You, why do you still go to those meetings? Well, I go to, I still come to the meetings because I'm still in active recovery. Um, I know there are some meetings and some people who say they are recovered 
from compulsive overeating. And I guess in a lot of senses, I could say that I am recovered too, um, because I, I, I am not active in disease and my body is completely healed from obesity. Um, but for me, saying that I'm in recovery rather than recovered helps me to know that I am still in action. Um, and it helps me to also know that I am still, it is still important for me to show up, to be here for the new person who is just starting out, but also to be here for those who have been around as long as I have, because we also need to be here for each other. Um, the long timers are just as important to me as the new the newcomers, um, because as a long timer, we we do share a certain experience that um, is important for it's important to have that that um, identification and that camaraderie and the uh, the the just the experiences to share with each other. I my, I've been with my same sponsor now. We're going on I think twenty six years together. Um, <laughs> which to me is sometimes even that sort of boggles my mind, but we've seen each other grow and, and evolve over those years. And it's just a wonderful experience to be a part of this fellowship because there's nothing really like this anywhere else in the world. There's all sorts of weight loss solutions out there for people that, you know, obviously a way is not for everyone. There's all sorts of options that we have, but this is a family. This is, this is amazing, special. Um, I have people that I know that I've known many years in this program that I'm friends with that I would never have been friends with if I, in any other aspect of my life. Um, what has happened for me over these 31 years is that I've just come to be, to just to come to know who I am and to understand what my, what my uh, gifts are things that I can share with others and that um, I'm just here to, to be that, that beacon of hope uh, because I had that beacon of hope when I first came and I, I really do take the responsibility pledge to heart. You know, our responsibilities pledge says that. Uh, you got three minutes left. Thank you. I will share the hand and heart of OA to all who share my compulsion. For that I am responsible. And I, I, I feel that my membership in OA has a responsibility component to it. I'm not just here to get and receive, I'm here to give as well. And it, it's a very important that I continue to abstain. I, I had a, a sponsor in, in my very early days, she said my, the number one responsibility my number one responsibility is to spread the solution. And for, with that is why I am here. So I, I have uh, surrendered. I have hope every day and I do service as much as I can. So thank you so much for allowing me to share. <laughs>